Yo, my bro, what brings you to this neck of the internet, man? I ask myself as I sit, realizing that in this physical space, in a movie theater parking lot at the end of a long day, I can find myself being in the internet and I struggle and wrestle with definitely the feeling of imposter syndrome that took me like 30 seconds to think of and and also interest syndrome like wondering what it is about my lived experience and my desire to comment on it and to share that commentary that is interesting and it's inherently unique because no one else has my experiences no one else is here right now with me and i alongside that imposter syndrome think about the thought that perhaps this endeavor is just a, a selfish, self-congratulatory echo chamber of loving myself, putting up a mirror so that I can better inspect and know who I am and I thought a while ago months ago back when I was living in LA about wanting to include a daily routine of journaling which I've never done before in you know journaling in a notebook and the process of journaling a page of written word with a pen has always felt incredibly frustrating to me because of my hand, my handwriting, the way my ADHD brain, you know, gets bored of the written process. And so I thought about instead sitting down in front of my iPhone and just speak, speaking out my journal and saying, hey diary, here's what the fuck is going on. And I went through maybe two days I did that and then I never picked it up again. And there was this part of me that was thinking about how it would feel a little bit more ripe and satisfying to do this type of brain dumping if I were to post it. And then I thought about, well, you know, I don't know if I want to be posting the most true, authentic uh, version, commentary of 
of what's going on and stuff that I want to be just saying to myself, you know, commentary on my intimate relationships and commentary on how I feel about family. That was just unnecessary, bro. This is a dude backing into a parking spot, making all that noise. And I think in a way this is a, this is an interesting insight and example of this man over here has no need to have a car that makes that type of noise. He fully parked and then revved one last time. And this is the way that I rev. I rev by putting myself in the freestyler's chair, in the stream of conscious Wes mindset to say, here, let me make the noise that I wanna make. And it may annoy lots of people. You know, it's a little bit different, right? Because that's kind of like a right in your grill can't ignore it when I'm sitting here being like, stranger, get out of my face. But it's a interesting parallel because I am starting to imagine myself wanting to thrust my face into a lot of strangers' faces because in doing so, I find whatever small percentage of those strangers who might stick around and listen to me for five minutes and be like, huh, yeah, huh, I hadn't thought of that. Great commentary on your lived experience, fellow stranger. Let us, you know, put each other on our playlist and acknowledge that there is value in taking on choices and the unknown. You know, like this person at one point had to say like, let me try and get this car and, and maybe he bought it stock off the lot or maybe he worked with his friends or his dad to build up the engine and to figure out all the little tiny minute details of a high-powered engine that happens to be loud but through the process of having put forth effort and having learned from the experts that they're having developed preferences and and having had the engine make a different sound and having worked on it to make a change so now it has this particular tonal growl that makes you feel fucking good because you know I look at this this little curated bush scene at the edge of a parking lot in front of me and say like this uh this was put together by people who were making a choice you know I imagine you know the the garden, not gardening, the uh, landscaping company that's hired by the movie theater to upkeep this stuff and the decision that was made by perhaps the movie theater owners 
son who was hired on to blah blah, blah and and say like someone could be proud of this someone could have a human being painted the lines in this parking lot like i think when it starts to when we zero in on someone's job there may not be the passion or the care and the parking lot liner probably actually doesn't maybe take pride in the the fullness and the perfection of each line but this is important because this likely was not that person's first parking lot they ever lined it looks very good and perhaps they were taught well and 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 there was a immediate understanding of how to make it all look perfect and there's the equipment that makes it so that it's hard to make a crooked parking lot line but a lot of us don't know where to find a direct mentor that has the experience in the dream I'm trying to build for myself and the way of navigating my own mind that no one else could ever teach me. You know, like being here with an intention for why I'm living in this moment. I've been speaking for 10 minutes and this 10 minutes sure as hell feels a lot longer than the previous 10 minutes of my entire day where I haven't been this focused on putting together something that makes sense and thinking about my day. I had an interview today. I was there for almost an hour, 45 minutes. And that time, the 10 minute increments of that time went by a lot faster than here. Your first parking lot probably feels long as fuck when you're painting every damn stripe and you're measuring it out. You know, you have to measure this shit because car spaces, whether it's a compact spot or a wide spot, they all, and I'm actually in a compact spot. So the compact spots were measured and then the regular spots a little bit wider. This is my parking lot. And you know, like, how impressed are we when we see something really cool, when we see an awesome riff from our friend playing guitar and they're like, yeah, I'm self-taught. You see an amazing drawing on Instagram and someone's like, yeah, I taught myself how to draw since I was eight. And you're like, holy fuck. It's, you know, teachers are awesome, but we are that. I'm taught today by what I've experienced yesterday in a direct way, you know, a different type of direct than a teacher saying, here, try this. Here, in my years of expertise, why don't you try this? Here, when you're painting the compact spots, just take, put it down and then, and then go right up to the edge of the handle and that's gonna be perfect every time. And you're like, oh my God, I never would have thought to lay down my tool and go into the handle and then that's the perfect length. Wow, that's gonna save me, you know, 
20 seconds for each line and that adds up to saving me hours and like and whether or not that's going to save you money you have to do something 800 times and you do each one of them 20 seconds faster then you can sit the fuck back for you know 30 minutes at the end of the day and just like be like hell yeah my ability to hone this skill pays off in the long run my admitting to others hey i don't know if this is the most efficient way or if this is going to lead to the to the most beautiful outcome but here's how i've started trying this You know, I've been drawing this way for years. And I never thought that I could have put the indent on the eye on my sketch under here. And then that makes the pop, makes the pupil pop. And you're like, oh my God, someone has to teach us these things. But you found your own way first. I look at all the podcasts that I love to listen to, especially door dashing these past years. I've fallen off of music. It, it, it becomes a little too quick. And I like to kind of get lost in a long conversation or a long episode about XYZ. And I feel this fear that I'm constantly comparing myself to something that's, you know, my favorite comedian's podcast who's 44 years old and has been doing stand-up since I was five years old and has had a podcast since 2010 and I'm wanting to create in the same realm and level and and when I can hear that I don't feel as polished or as in touch with what I want because I don't yet have the experience to lead me there. I've mentioned the Ira Glass quote, I'm sure, of saying like, when you, when you start becoming an artist, you have, you have this passion for art and part of what feeds your passion to create art is the fact that you have had a love of looking at art and of, of watching your artists create and seeing what they can do and recognizing what art you like and what art you don't like. And you can start to feel frustrated by putting out your own art that doesn't meet your taste and isn't the quality level that you've come to love from others, but you can't find that same love of your quality now within you. And that's just simply because I have to work to get my art to become closer to 
what I love and what I'm capable of. So, it's kind of hard, you know? The homies. Did y'all see me get quiet when the homies walked by? I felt self-conscious. I felt like you guys are listening, but I don't want them to be listening. I don't want to have an out of context. They hear a 20 seconds and then I don't want them to judge me. These strangers who I'll never see again. It's scary to be seen doing something, you know? It's scary. Have you ever seen those TikTok videos of, or any videos of being like someone recording people doing TikToks and TikTokers in the wild and people have tripods and are doing dances in public and people want to make fun of them. It's fun to make fun of somebody being cringy or doing something that they don't look like they're aware that we can all see, we can all see you doing your silly dance. Hope, hope that blows up on TikTok. You can get that kind of jaded energy. And I think a lot of us will feel that way because we look at that and say, God, I'm so self-conscious. I would never be comfortable to dance in front of my phone in public where a bunch of people can see me. And that's what this is. A bunch of people can see me and I'm okay with that. I want that. But when it doesn't happen on my terms, you know, some people who I, uh, who I judge as being bros, as being people who wouldn't get me, just because based on how they look and the fact that there's three guys going to the movies and they're like wearing athletic garb. I wear athletic garb sometimes. I'm, I'm a dude with a mullet now, bro. I have a look. I've never looked like this before, but nothing within me has changed, but yet I'm changing every day, and yet I'm learning to love and learning to find my voice. Find my voice. I'm learning to find my voice, to find my voice. Find my, find my voice. Find my, find my voice, oh. I'm learning to find my voice. And And there's this level of frustration with feeling like wanting to be better and wanting to have more people listen to me because I want to, I want to help people, bro. And I don't know what that looks like right now. 
But I always remember, if y'all have never heard of Gary V, he has a particular type of content, but he's very, you know, he just, he doesn't say, he doesn't need a lot of words to get his point across where he says, like, he's like a business guy and a business tycoon and building all these businesses. And he's saying like, every business needs to operate like they're a marketing company. Like that's like step one. Like your business means sh shit if you don't have people being able to know about your business. Marketing is the front door of a business, of of people who see themselves as content creators. Anyone who's posting, wanting people to find their posts. Like, and I feel so intimidated by marketing myself, feeling like I'm just putting out episodes just silently and kind of being upset that no one's really seeing them, like five people are seeing them. And I'm like, well, I haven't even told my 400 Instagram followers that I have a new episode out. Why would I expect someone who's never heard of me to find my shit without there being any record that there's something to be found? I'm gonna be found when I'm ready to be found. I'm figuring out the right way, the right little stuff that I stumble upon that makes sense, that strikes a chord. And then I think, wow, five people listen to my episode? That's more people than I could fit in my car. That's me talking to a, a full minivan full of people interested in what I have to say. That's powerful. One minivan of people at a time were able to to do what? So I just applied for this job to be a home caregiver for one or two people who need some home assistance and assistance with household stuff and someone to talk to, hang out with here and there. And this really does feel like part of my path that I've been kind of pushing away from me for a while, which is having felt the call on many multiple occasions to, to be working with death and the feeling that I might be on my, on a long, a long trajectory, a long path toward death work and, and helping people who are facing the end of their lives help them to find comfort in their physical bodies, but also to find comfort in their minds and in the ways that they interact with the fear and the resistance and the acceptance and the, the time. When you know you're close to death, does time change? 
Does it become faster? Does it become slower? Does each day feel like a slog or does it flip by like you're scrolling through a book? And and so, you know, I'm not working with these, potentially working with these people to help them towards death. That's not what's happening, but helping each other to feel safe and cared for when you can't find that completely on your own anymore or, or, or perhaps ever. And how does being vulnerable and, and needing other people on a daily basis how does that how does that affect your psyche how do you do you become less forthcoming about what's going on about your desires are you so worried that you're going to be a burden to your caregiver that you stop advocating for your needs Do you feel like you're you're not allowed to tell someone they're doing something wrong because you're just grateful that they're there at all? These are just questions, but I'm excited to have this experience and to be opening up my life to others and to be faced with this fear and this shame that I've had over the years of, of feeling like I, I've never really put forth care to help other people. I remember in high school, there's the classic thing of being like, I've got to volunteer because it looks good on my resume. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fucking volunteer. Who cares? But there was a level of feeling like a lot of the people around me, I was like, y'all, do y'all even really care? Or is everyone just doing this because their parents want them to go to a good school, right? Or, but then I look at people who have been devoting their lives to spending their time without being compensated to help people who need help. Yeah, I volunteer on the weekends and I'm like, you do? I have never, if, if, unless it was a, a church sanctioned event that my parents made me go to. And I don't like that, that that's how I was living, that that's how I've been living. I want to want to help. But I still feel like I'm in a position where I need help. I don't feel like I have my shit together. I don't feel like I have the time to devote 
to people who I don't know. I don't feel secure in the life that I've built up around me in this moment. And that makes me sad. And so this feels like a step to say, like, I can talk about how much I think that I'm helping people right now by delivering them their food. But the real tangible, hey, I got you, buddy. Let me help you out of your chair. Let me help you over, get you cleaned up. These type of things, I'm starting to recognize that I need to be flexing my helping muscle in the same way that I'm recognizing I need to be flexing my articulating my life muscle because there's a lot of life left in store for me. There's a lot of life experiences that we are all having that we might be trying to shove down that we might not know how to gain some perspective on. And I want to be able to help offer some of that to us. Excuse me. So, that's what it is. I'm going to head out. I might head home. I might take a few more orders. I feel a little bit more rejuvenated after spending the past 30 minutes with you, so with myself and I'm building up flexing muscles you know it reminds me of my physical muscles I never flex them and they're right now they're weak and I want to have strong muscles to help carry me on throughout my long amazing life and the only way I'm gonna do that is to flex them and what does flexing them do what is lifting heavy weights do, it breaks down your muscles. Lifting weights doesn't mean, yes, stronger. The more you use them, the stronger they get. No, it's the more you use them, the more they break down and understand, oh, all right. We got broken down. So muscle cells. Now, when we build ourselves back up, Let's build ourselves up like a little bit more stronger because this dude seems to be in a position in life where there's heavy things around now. You lift heavy things, your body says, hey, we gotta prep for more heavy things because this is a thing now. I run 10 miles tomorrow, my body's gonna be like, what the fuck? is going on. We don't we're not prepared for this. That's that's when your legs are sore, the whatever acetic, I forget what it's called, the acid that causes soreness in your muscles. It's prepping to build back some stronger shit. That's why if I do 100 push-ups when I get home, but then I don't do more push-ups again for another year, and I'm not gonna get stronger. That's why showing up on the podcast, my brain, my voice, 
my throat chakra, my understanding, all those things are going to be are working together to create this commentary and these words that you're hearing right now. And when I do it more and more and more, the connections that exist here say, yo, this dude's talking more than he ever has. Let's fucking strengthen those vocal cords. Let's fucking make some more neural connections. Let's build up some articulation. Let's build up our grammar. Let's build up our um, connection-making mind. Because we got more talking to do. I got more running to do. I got more helping to do. And I hope someday, if not already, I can help you. This is Stream of Conscious West. Be your conscious best. And I'll catch you next time. Much love. Just because it was different doesn't mean it's bad, you know? It's my, my childhood, my life, my path, my trajectory. Like, why am I casting this judgment on the past? Because I notice that I can prove myself to me, and that's all I do. I am complete. This is a freestyle vibes, number one. I am never done. I will see the sun. It will come rising every morning. I might not see it, but I'll be grinning if I choose it. I might lose it every second. I'll be abusing drugs, alcohol, not really. But after all, I like these things. I like to do them all, but I can't do them every moment of my life. I could live this life on the mic 24-7, but it would not be so right. It would be something that I did not like. It would be something fresher and doper. I am a creature that I have made in a teacher form. And I know that I used to be forlorn about my past, but now I love to explore it. Ooh, I'm feeling floored because this music is my pores. I love it, baby, but I love you more. I love myself and I love the life that I've lived right now. And I'm entirely loving my wealth. I don't have a lot of money, it's true. I got an education, but what did that do? But now I have this debt that I'm saddled with too. But now I'm here alive, coming straight to you. This is the freshest, dopest shit that you've been hearing in a minute. This is album worthy. I'm not swerving, I'm so dirty. Y'all been licking this. I'm Mr. Clean, bald headed bitch, but I like my long shit. I like to go places, I like to have fun. I like to run races, I like to be a funky dude. And I'm feeling so in tune with who I I am and I'm coming to you. I drive, it's me and Pete on the highway and we've been cruising. I got this, that lumbar support. I need to keep myself temperature floored. I love to love what I love and I love you more. I like it. It's all I need but I'm using and I'm abusing. I feel chosen. I'm frozen from the dead and I am just getting ahead in my life. My head is on straight. I feel great. I know that it's too late. You can't wait and everything I do, I'm on a date with myself. I love you, dude. My name is W-E-S-L-E-Y-D-A-V-I-D-C-A-R-L-S-O-N. The end. I like to be my best friend. I like you too. I like Grace. Ooh, you fucking dude. I like these weights that I'm lifting. I like to cook myself cool in my kitchen. Uh. Ha <laughs> ha. Wow, wow.
Wow, wow.